This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Here's something. All right, anyway, so um, welcome back, everybody, from, uh, from a beautiful Pesach. So, first of all, I just want to tell you the Avas Chaim says that he brings it down from the, a sefer called Kisei Rachim. Kisei Rachimim is the Chidah. He says the following. Move up and say the Rachamim, it's brought down to say the Kisei Rachamim. Be'inyin Pesach and Inyin Pesach. Shaloi nitna Torah b'schusha b'sus v'yom v'tayvim. The Torah was given in the, in the honor of Shabbos and Yantif. Yesh b'hem z'man l'umayd. Because during that time, you have off, you're not working. Like I said in my, in my closing comments in Arizona, that out of eight days, four days, you didn't use your phone. So all those who think they're addicted, I can't live without it. It's my life, right? Baloney. Because if you could do 50% of the time, eight days, four days, Shabbos and Yantiv, you could do without your phone, means that you're not addicted. means that you could live without it. So, maybe some people realize that and after Pesach gave, the, gave their, uh, their family more time. If the whole eight days you were busy with, with sunnets, joking around, chilling, going on roller coasters, right? Um, and you didn't learn any Tyra, then you missed the boat. You do it. Now, life is, life is compared to, to the seven days, seven days of the week, because David Amel says in Tehillim that if you live a full life, you live 70 years. In those days, 70 years of full life. So he says, that the eighth, the seven days are the seven days of Pesach in Israel, seven days of Pesach. And the eighth day is compared to the after the seventy years that a person is alive. Eighth is compared to the time that you go to that you go to the next day, next world. was on the eighth day, and what happened on the eighth day? We all know, terrible, terrible thing happened. So Hashem said, "We're opening the we're opening the Mishkan, opening day, right? Opening day, and another Bavihu. So they were waiting for a fire to come down on the Mizbech Tayras. Another Bavihu felt that it was embarrassing to Hashem that it didn't come down right away. So they decided they're going to save the day and light and 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 bring the fire themselves, right?" So the Pasuk says, Vayichu b'nei Aaron, another Vavihu, and the two sons of Aaron, another Vavihu, took Ishmach Tosai, their pan, Vayitnu b'han esh, they put into it fire, Vayishimu like a terrorist, they put terrorists on it, everything was going good, except, Hashem told them to wait, not to put their own fire, but that he would shoot a fire down from Shemayim. They did not wait. They made, they made a decision which they didn't have a right to make. Hashem, and a fire came out from Hashem, and ate them up. Ate them up. They died. Their bodies were whole. The fire went inside their body. Burnt everything inside. And Moshe saw this. And of course Aaron. And Moshe said, That through my closest people I will become holy. Said Hashem. And in front of all the people I will be honored. And that's why through them they real, that the whole nation realized that that if Hashem says wait, you're supposed to wait, and they weren't supposed to do this. And and it's a verb. Not that he remained silent, he had nothing to say, but he really wanted to say something and cry, but he held it back. Okay. So what was their what was really their Avera? 
What was really their Avera? So there are five different Averas they did that day. So you learn, it says from the word Eshdara, they brought an Eshdara, a strange fire. Eshdara, Aleph stands for Isha. Aleph of the H stands for Isha. They would not get married. They were holier, actually it says, it brings down that they were holier than Moshe and Aaron. And they felt they get married, they won't be able to be holy all the time. They would be with their wives, their kids. So they decided they were not getting married. That's not very well. You have to get married to have children. So the word H, the Aleph stands for Isha. Shin, Shesuayayin. They felt that they wouldn't have enough simcha if they go in without drinking. So they went ahead and they drank wine, thinking that the wine would make them happy, and that way they would be able to accept that they're able to do more kedusha, right? So the the shin is tzuyayin. They didn't want to get married, and they drank wine. Zayin from Zara is Zara. They didn't want to have children. Reish rechitza yudam raglayim. They didn't wash their hands and their feet. And hey, was Haywa Ralf Nairab Motion they passed in the halacha since the fire didn't come, that they're gonna light the fire themselves. So they passed in the halacha in front of their Rebbe, in front of Moshe Nara. If you pass in the halacha in front of your Rebbe, Chai Misa. These were five things that they did wrong, and they died on the spot, even though they were under twenty years old. And really the halacha is that you don't judge anyone under twenty years old. But being that they did this in public, it was a big chil Hashem. You have, to, you have to understand. You have to understand that 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 everyone's waiting for Shemayim. They're waiting for this fire to come flying down, and then these two guys light it up themselves. That's not. That's it's embarrassing to Hashem. Like Hashem couldn't do it. So they they, they, they didn't do it because they, they didn't. They, they were such in a rush. They were like, "Come on, let's get it going." You know, they were, they also drank, right? They wanted to get it going. That was a very big chil Hashem. Hashem. Yeah, but they didn't intend to do it. To right, intention. but sometimes if your intentions are not to do something wrong, but if you make Chal Hashem, make Chal Hashem, and, and they shouldn't have passed it. If Moshe and Aaron weren't doing it, and they were greater than them, right, they should have waited. Moshe and Aaron didn't tell them to do it, so they should have waited. But they didn't wait. So, the Chidah and the Sefer Gugulim also, in the Rav Chaim Vital, says that they died, and it seems to be from the Chidah, they weren't even 20 yet, so they were very young. And they came back into Gilgal. Who did they come back into Gilgal in? Anyone know? Um, who did they come back into Gilgal? Yes. Both of them came into one person. How could, how could two people come into one? How could two Nishamas come into one person? I was going to say, Anyone know? How could two Nishamas come into one person? They both, Nadav and, 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 and Avihu, both of them? Ended up coming back into Gilgal into one person. How could that happen? And the answer is that a person's a half a soul until he gets married. She's the other half. These two didn't get married. They never got married. It's each one with a half. Put it together as a whole. So they came back into Gilgal. To who? Who got these holy, holy souls? Now, why did the person come back? To fix. You have to be put in the same position, right? So who did they come back as? Pinchas. Pinchas. Ben Alazah, Ben Aaron What was their mistake? They took an action when they were supposed to wait. What did Pinchas do? He took an action when you weren't supposed to wait. 
The opposite happens. It's beautiful. Listen to this. Seifel Gugulim of Chaim Vital. Let's let's dissect this for a minute. Then I'll tell you something, an interesting discussion that we had at the round table in our program in Arizona, which was Baruch Hashem, ungestert, not disturbed. It was very, 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 he was there. Wasn't that great? It was amazing, right? It was great Torah and it was great food. And I have to say something, and I said it a few times. I had 950 people for nine days. Okay? From Chicago, Flatbush, L.A., Manhattan, New Jersey, Florida, all over the place. Israel, a few people flew in. To take 950 people in one place, and I did not get, I'm the head of the program, did not refuse. Not one complaint from a person made on Lechavero. These people are there talking about davening. Oh, these people, I don't want them sitting next to my table. Oh, this lady went to the pool. Oh, oh there's a, nothing. Do you know what it means to put 950 people together for nine days? Not one person complained? I think it's a bigger miracle than splitting. I think it's a bigger miracle than splitting the arm. Don't complain to nobody. There's not food. I'm talking about food or my bed or my bed. I'm talking about people. But anyway, so 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 what? So listen to this. Let's let's dissect this. Let's, I know it's late at night, but we got to use our brains. Let's dissect this for a second. What was their avera? What was their sin? Their sin was that when they were supposed to wait, they acted. They were supposed to wait till Hashem sends down the fire, but they did not wait, they acted. What, what was Moshe and Aaron doing at that point? When another man of you reacted, what was Moshe and Aaron doing? Nothing. Because you weren't supposed to. Just to wait for Hashem. Okay. Now, let's go to Pasha's Pinchas, the end of Pasha's Balot. What happened? Right? Zimri is doing a big Avera with Cosby in front of everyone. What's Moshe and Aaron doing? Nothing. They didn't know what to do. Right? They didn't say anything. Um, because, because, why did Moshe say anything? Both of them didn't say anything. Well, why did Moshe say anything? Because Moshe couldn't say anything. Why couldn't Moshe say anything? Because his wife was from where? Tzipporah was from Midian. Who is this girl from? Midian. You're going to say something. You're going to say, <laughs> Manishtana. Even though she became a girl, she wasn't. But. So he couldn't say anything. There was a reason Aaron couldn't say something either. Because of the ego, I don't remember why. He couldn't say anything either. So the two of them kept quiet. So over here, the two of them were supposed to be quiet. And the other of you were supposed to be quiet, but they reacted. Over there, Moshe and Aaron should not have been quiet. They should have stopped you doing a big avera. Chil Hashem in front of everyone. Who reacted? Pinchas. So Pinchas fixed what another of you did wrong. He, last time, when, he, when, they were supposed to, when he was supposed to stay, they acted. Now, when they stayed, he acted correctly because he, he acted when he was supposed to act and he stopped the whole Magaifa. So Pinchas stopped the whole Magaifa and he fixed what was wrong. But he didn't fix the core. What was the core? Guys, what was the core of the Avera? Another Avihu is waiting. Here he didn't wait. There they, there they didn't wait and here he didn't wait. There they didn't wait, they lit the fire. Here he didn't wait, he killed them. So he did correct it because here he wasn't supposed to wait. Here he was supposed to wait. Here he wasn't supposed to wait. So he didn't wait. But Lemaisa, we don't see that he waited for Hashem here. He reacted just the opposite. He fixed the Adbeo, but he didn't fix the core of what happened. 
So who was Pinchas? Who was Pinchas? Pinchas Zehu. Ilyanavi. Pinchas was Ilyanavi. So another of you came back as Pinchas. And Pinchas came back as a whole soul, came back as Ilyanavi. Now, he gets his chance to fix, really to fix, what happened in the beginning. What happened? If you look up, if you look it up in Malachim. Sorry, are you following me? No, I'm you lost. No, Pinchas came back as Elyanavi. Elyanavi came way after Pinchas. Pinchas and Pasha Pinchas, Elyanavi came in Malachim. So what happened? Let's let's learn a little bit Malachim, right? But Yaim Elio. So there's this big fight going on. Elio and Navi, one guy against two hundred and fifty bad guys. Two hundred and fifty. They were called the V.A. Habal. There was this huge, powerful Avodah called Baal. And the, Jew, the Jewish nation was following these, um, these, they were following the V.A. Habal, and Eliyahu Nabi was against them. Now let, let's see what's going to happen. But Yom Eliyahu, Chai Hashem, Tzvah Hashem, I'm in front of the Kiyah, Yom Eliyahu, he said, I promise you Hashem will appear today. Achav was a very bad king. Very, very bad. A lot of Avayah So now they're going to be confronting each other. So Achav now comes to meet Elioh Navi. You're the enemy of Yisrael. The guy who made all the Avayah Elioh Navi says, Ah, you're the enemy of Yisrael. Really? No, I'm not the enemy of the Jewish nation. I'm the enemy of you and your family because you left the mitzvahs of Hashem and you went after the Baal. Okay? So he says, here's the deal. Once and for all, no more games. And now he tells Achav, Shlach, boy, to call Yisrael. El Harakarmel, famous Harakarmel, Haifa, Harakarmel. He said, Bring the whole Jewish nation to the Mount, Mount Carmel. That's the Via Baal. Oh, the 450. And bring me all your fourth prophets of Baal. Arba Meos of Hamishim. 450. And they had 450 false prophets. With the Via Asherah, Arba Meos. And the Via of the Asherah, that's a tree. They used to serve as a void desire. It's called an Asherah tree. So there were 450 prophets of the Baal and 400 prophets of the Asherah, right? What's Asherah? Um, it was a tree that they used to bow down to. Gamora talks a lot about it. You have to rip it out. Okay. Okay. Akhav said, you really want to have a meeting? Let's have a meeting. He called the whole Jewish nation to Harakamel. And this is a, I love this, I love this Pasik more than almost any other Pasik. I love Eliyahu and Navi going up and listen to how he trash talks them. It's beautiful. And Eliyahu approaches the whole nation. The whole Jewish nation at that time was serving over the Zara. And he said, Till how long are you going to play both sides? 
if Hashem, Yudke Vavke, is God, Luchuacharov, then follow him. And if you believe in the Void Zara, interesting that he said this, then follow him. In other words, well, you know what he said is, listen guys, you can't play both sides. You can't. Either you're a Jew and you follow Hashem, or don't follow Hashem and follow your stupid Avoy Zara. But don't play the game, and this, this, this is my shir tonight, don't play the game like the pig. This week's parsha is Shmini. Shmini is the parsha of what's kosher and what's not kosher. Right? So in this week's posture, it says that a pig is not kosher. Why specifically does it talk about a pig? You know how many animals are not kosher? The whole Africa is not kosher. Right? All those animals are not, not, not kosher. A tiger, a lion, a monkey. Right? Why does it pick a pig? Because the pig is very dangerous. The pig, the pig has... There are two things that make an animal kosher. It chews its cud, which means it regurgitates its food. Right? It chews it, it goes down, it chews it, it goes down, it chews it, it goes down. Like, right, it has, what is that called? Reflux. Right, it keeps going up and down, up and down, up and down. And it has, and has that split hose all the way through, right? So the pig, he sits in the mud, and his hands are out. Look at me, I'm kosher. But inside, that's outside. But inside, when you chew your cud, you can't tell if he's, if he's chewing his cud or not. So he shows you what a great guy he is. Really, inside, he's really not a good guy. So the one animal that the Torah picks to teach us, that the, the, if you ask any, even the most modern Jew in the world, you ask a guy, come in at, take ten people and ask him, give me an animal that's not kosher, pig. Pork, pig, pork, porky pig, right? Pig, 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 pig. Why? Because the Torah specifies that. Why? Because that's more dangerous than any other animal when it comes to kosher and not kosher because it's flashing <laughs> look at me so so Eliyad Nabi said to the Jewish people listen it's an interesting thing you remember that that discussion we had about the argument between Rivka and Yitzchak and Yitzchak said if I'm going to have one child it should either be a tzaddik or a rasha it should be pure white or pure black and Rivka said no it could be mixed right and it says Hashem listened to him and that's why he got Esau was pure black and Yaakov was pure, pure white. So, so not to have a mix-up kid. Eliyahu is saying the same thing over here. Eliyahu is saying to them, listen. You know, if I got up and said that, people would be very upset. Eliyahu said, either believe in Hashem or believe in Abayi Zorah. Don't, not, not both. I, I would think he would say, listen, uh, if you believe in Hashem, you believe in Abayi Zorah, at least put your tulin on. You know, then you went to see the movies. Or, the, or you know, or, or then you... You went and got yourself the new iPhone 6, right? But, you know, okay, so the kid, he's not the best. He, he goes to Davin, he walks outside, he takes his yarmulke and puts it in his pocket, and he eats a burger, but I'm not going to tell him not to put on a villain. You know, he said, no, no, but you, if you play both, what, why? When you play both, your conscience doesn't bother you. You understand? I went to Davin this morning, so now I can do whatever I want. So, you know, he's saying, no, either or. Either follow Hashem or follow the Baal. Don't. Don't play both sides of the game. Don't be a pig. Don't put out your thing and say, kosher, 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 kosher. You're not kosher. If inside you're not kosher, then you see money outside don't matter. So you know he said this. But you know, y'all, um, he said, listen, at this point I am the only, this is how sad this is, 
At that point, he was the only, I am the only Jewish prophet that believes in Hashem. But the other side, Arba Meatzach and Misha Mish, they have 450 people against me. So it's one for God, 450 for the Nebi Amal. So he says, okay, we're going to do a test. Bring me two cows. You take one cow and cut it up, and I'll take another cow and cut it up. We'll build them as Bayach. You'll build them as Bayach for Baal, I'll build them as Bayach for Hashem. We're going to put them on the fire, we're going to put them on wood on the Mizbeach, but we're not going to light a fire, neither one of us, right? He says, You call in the name of your God, and I'll call in Hashem's name. The one that sends down the fire, we know he's the real God. Okay, you guys build him as Bayach, put a cow on it on the wood, and you call to your God to send the fire. I'll build him as Bayach, put a cow on my wood, and I'll call to my Hashem. And whoever sends down the fire, that's the real God. Oh, they like that. Okay? Good idea. Now, what they did, those cheaters, they made a hollow mizbeach, and they put a man inside with fire. So that when they scream for fire, he's going to light it from underneath, right? It's going to look like a fire came up, came from Shemayim, and everyone's going to believe. So they had a whole trap, a whole fourth thing set up. What happened? The Gemara says that a snake came underneath, killed him, and when they were screaming for the fire, he was down, he was out. So there was no fire. Okay, let's see what happens. You guys, since you have more than me, you take the cow first and you do it first and then I'll go after you. Okay? So they did it. And call, call out your God and they'll put on a fire. And they took the cow. And they screamed the name of their Rabbi Zerah from the morning until midday, until the afternoon. Baal, answer us! What's her name in the, in the, in the, in the uh, iPhone 6? Siri. Siri? Siri! Siri! Answer my question! They ain't called, they ain't on that. The Apple phone went out. It wasn't working. There was no answer. And it was late afternoon. And Elio made fun of them and he said, you know why he's not answering? He can't hear you. Kiru, but call God though, call out in a loud, in a loud voice. He's sleeping. Wake him up. You're awake. He's always sleeping. You're yelling a whole day. He's not, he's not answering. Must be he's sleeping. You're not yelling loud enough. Okay, so those idiots, right? Because the people didn't know that they had this guy underneath them as Bayaf. The people really thought that Baal was going to answer. Right? He would be called Godo. And they called so loud, they were bleeding from their noses. But it didn't help. In the end, all these stupid things that we have, that we own, computers and internet, all this stuff, it doesn't have a voice. It doesn't answer us. And it doesn't think. Okay, so Yonavi made enough fun of them. He told everyone, come close to me. And they all approached him. And Elio built him his back in front of them. No secrets, no hollow mizbeach. And he took 12 stones. The number of the Shvatim. And he built him his back. 
And then he went ahead, he lined up the, the wood. He, he cut the, the animal into pieces. And he said, fill up four jugs of water. And they poured the water that the other guys didn't even do. Poured the water on the animal and on the wood. There's water all over the place. When it came mincha time, he came close to his back and he said, "Hashem, God, the God of Avram, Yisrael, Hayam Yisrael. Today they will know that you are the God when you have death, and I am your servant." Aneini, Hashem, Aneini. Please answer me, Hashem. Hashem, Hashem, and a fire came down from Shemayim, and it burnt the Ola, the wood, the stones, the dust, the water, everything. Boom! To nothing. No stones left, no wood left, no water left, no cow left. And the nation saw this and they fell on their face. That's where Hashem Olakim comes from. We see seven times on Rosh Hashem, at the end of Rosh Hashem, Yom Kippur. Hashem Olakim, you are the God Hashem Olakim. Okay? So they saw the truth. Now, what's, why did I tell you this whole story? Because what was the Avera of Nadav Avihu that Leonavi had to fix? Was a Mizbeach? No. Was a Mizbeach? Opening day, this week's Pasha, Shmini. It was a Mizbeach, and it was supposed to wait until the fire comes down and burns the Mizbeach. Nadav Avihu did not wait. What did Leonavi do? He waited a whole day. He stood there a whole day and he waited. He w- he fixed that they didn't wait when it came to bring the carbon f- to make a ki- to make a they made a chil Hashem. Not that you made a big chil Hashem. They brought their own fire. They aged Zara. They brought their own fire. They wait till the fire came down. He fixed it, made a big kiddush Hashem because he stood a whole day. He didn't light it up till they were crying a whole day. At the end of the day, he waited a whole day till mincha, and then the fire came. So it says after that that he went up to Shemayim. Right after that, if you look in the, in, the, in the thing, it says that after he did this, that he went up to Shemayim. Why? Because once a person does their tikkun, they don't need to be there anymore. So he went straight up to Shemayim. The Pasuk says. So he fixed it for another review, and that was it. Done. Yeah, listen to this. Maybe take a Pasuk. He goes up to Shumayim. <coughs> I don't know what the Pasuk is exactly when he goes back up to Shemayim. But anyway, he goes up to Shemayim and he's done. That was it. He was misakin what he had to do. Everyone comes down here. We have to be misakin what we did last time. He was misakin what he did. So he was misakin for, um, for Pinchas, who was misakin for Nadavavir. Okay. Second half of this year. First of all, I want to tell you, I want to tell you a fantastic question. I want to hear. We're going to be interactive tonight. First time in twenty years. I want to hear from the boys in the shir what they think the answer to this question should be. So this was a question we had every night. We had the nights of Yontiv, a panel of teach of me, Rabbi Ginsberg, Rabbi Sampson, Rabbi Schaefer, where we let the crowd ask questions. 
So there were certain questions that me and the other rabbis, we didn't, we all had different opinions, right? This was the big one. This is the big one. Two questions. One here with my, what my Talmudim think. Okay, listen carefully. A boy goes to his mother, or a girl goes to her father, doesn't make a difference, and he says, Ma, the boy says, Ma, I want to tell you something, but I'll only tell it to you if you don't tell daddy. Okay? Because daddy's going to freak out that I missed Minion this morning. You'll be okay. But she's not going to tell him. So she goes to her mother and says, Ma, there's something very important I need to tell you, but unless you promise me that you're not going to tell daddy, I'm not, I can't tell you. Okay, that's the question. Now I'll tell you the two sides of it. I, there's, two, there's, two, there's two sides to the answer. From, from a chinuch point of view, it's the, worst, it's, it's the worst thing you could do. Why? Because if my daughter came to me and she says, Tati, I want to tell you something, but you can't tell mommy. And I say, okay. So first of all, she's getting between me and my wife. Number one. Okay? And she knows that she's doing that. Number two, if I say, okay, and she tells me her secret, she knows that I have a secret now from my wife. My daughter knows that I have a secret from my wife. So if I'm teaching her that that's okay in a marriage, then when she gets married... She's going to have secrets from her husband. So what I should really tell her is, me and your mother are one. Whatever you tell me, I'm going to tell mommy. Okay? Chinuch answer, point of view. Chinuch answer. Other answer. At the end of the day, other side. Psychological answer. That's a chinuch answer. I'm going to give you a psychology answer. On the other side of this question, this went on for two hours one night. The other side of this question is, if my daughter feels safe to tell me something, right? Even if I have to sacrifice my shalom bias and not tell my wife, at least she feels safe telling one parent. So if I tell her that unless I, tell, unless, unless I can tell my wife, don't tell me, and she doesn't want, she's not going to tell me because she doesn't want to tell my wife, then she's going to go to someone else with that question. Don't I rather answer the question as her father than have her go to someone outside to answer that question? So from a psychological point of view, at least the kid has one parent that she trusts. Most kids don't have any parents. So from a psychological point of view, don't turn her away because who knows who she's going to go to to get that answer. Okay, what do you think? What would you do? If your daughter came to you and said, don't tell mommy, what would you do? Tell me. What? Tell me. So you're, uh, I mean, you're the psychological answer. You would tell her, tell me. <laughs> yeah, because you don't know exactly what you said, what she's going to do with that. And you can destroy her future with just what you have with your wife. Because you already built what you have with your wife. With your daughter, you have your building. My wife would find out that my daughter told me something. And that before that, she told me, don't tell your, don't tell your, your mother, my wife. Why if we never talk to me again? You, you allowed her to cut me out of this relationship? She should go crazy. Or maybe she wouldn't. Maybe she would. If she can understand why you chose... If the wife would understand why you told the daughter you can tell me, instead of telling her, I can't, me and mommy are one, then she would... Then the wife would understand... So maybe the wife would say, if you would have stood your ground and said, me and mommy is one, she would have told you anyway. 
Maybe. So one person answered, which I totally disagreed. Tell her yes. Let her tell it to you. And if you think you have to tell your wife, I said you can't break no, the trust. Not. You can't break that trust. Tell your wife not to tell her. She ever know. Because once a child, child finds out, no, 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 no. She, no, not that. Now that I told you, once you make that, give her your word. You can't start making deals afterwards. If you say, I will not tell anyone, and then she tells you, you can't start saying, well, I, I want to talk you into a shirt. She said, no, Tati, you, then you lied. Yeah, what do you think? Well, why can't you ask the kid why they don't want to tell the other parents in the first place? What's the difference? Why? It doesn't make a difference. Is that the problem? Is because, because me and mommy don't have that relationship. She, I don't want her to know. She's never going to look at me the same way. Let's say it's the other way around. Let's say it's a boy, and he's telling his mother... And he's like, if you tell this to dad, he will never respect me anymore. Whatever this guy did. So she can't. So I think you take both answers that you, think, that you said. Parts I thought, so parts in them. You tell the kid, listen, I want you to tell me, and I, w- I would love to hear what you have to say, but because we're one, I can't. I can't do that to, to Tati, whoever. Okay, so then she's going to go elsewhere. Or keep it inside, and who knows what. What do you want to say back there, yeah. Why don't you ask, ask your wife that she's fine you just got to no, you, you can't go to your wife then, then she knows your daughter has a secret from her she's going to kill her send it to that send it to someone who you trust you know send it to the who you trust and you're saying but then, but then the child looks at it like you're my father you can't take it one of the one of the one of the panel one of the panel people felt that in our day and age, if you were, if you if you could have a trust between you and your child, take it. Yeah. Even if take it, and and if your wife finds out, your wife finds out. I happen to feel very much that you're playing with you're playing with fire because if my daughter can know she could do that, she's going to stop manipulating. She got between. She made a wedge between me and my wife, walking around, going to sleep at night. Like me and Tati have a secret that mommy doesn't know. I just don't think that's healthy. Like that, no, yeah, it is, it is. And if it isn't, it is, it is going to be like that. I feel like and that girl or that boy will grow up and will have no problem having secrets from their spouse because they saw their father keep a secret from his spouse because, and, they, and they control that. It's not, there's no answer. There's no, we didn't come to a conclusion. Yeah, Everyone else had an opinion. My daughter... Honestly, I don't care. I'm very honest. I'm very, I'm very, I'm very straight. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know what I would. I honestly don't know. I honestly, I, I would. I don't know. Again, I, I would, I, I'm very much a believer that I would not allow. I would not. I would say, me and your mother is one, and if you, if you can't tell us both, then don't tell either one of us. I don't know. Imagine a girl met a boy, right? And she's going and she's going out when she goes to her father. She knows her mother will rip her head off. She goes to her father. She said, "Tati, I met this boy. I'm talking to him. Please don't tell mommy." So why don't you? No, I'll tell you something, but please. She's not telling you. No, the other way around. She's not. I have to tell you something. If you promise not to tell mommy, it's just such a break in the trust of a husband and a wife. Would I be very upset if I found out that my wife knew something 
that she didn't share with me? You wouldn't understand. Yeah, but you wouldn't understand. Well, it depends what it is, Rabbi. First of all, I would be very hurt that that child had a relationship with my wife and not with me. Number one. What? You're a parent, you have a new girl going out with a guy. If you want to say if that was the case. So you have to deal with the, with the case right now. You have to deal with the issue right now. And then afterwards, you have to explain. Are you allowed to keep secrets from your spouse? With, 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 uh, with, uh, with one of your kids. With the good intention of learning back to you. I'm not talking about where someone comes to me and tells me and someone that my wife knows very well. And she's she's in the middle of, of having an affair and 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 like right and I don't tell that to my wife. I'm not crazy. I'm not allowed to tell that to my wife. You understand? So it's something I have to deal with, whatever it is, and try to fix it. So there's your kid. So right. So there's your kid. So the main issue is the main issue is in our day and age, if a kid has a fantastic relationship with one parent, don't throw that out. That's what the one person, the person on my right, would kept fighting. Don't throw out that relationship. You're so lucky that she's talking to one parent, not to her friends. Grab it. On the other hand, your mamish be machanich, her, the worst chinuch. It's the worst chinuch. She doesn't have that relationship with her mother. There's going to be another secret if you do that, and there's going to be another secret, and all of a sudden you're carrying 30 secrets from your wife, and it's just going to, it's just going to. <laughs> I'm not giving all those who are watching. This is a debate between psychology and chinuch, and I don't think there's a right answer. I don't think there's a right answer. I think you just got to do your best to try to talk your kid into letting you tell the the other one somehow. That was one question. I'll tell you the second question. Second question, just as big. This is something guys do a lot. So. Are you allowed to lie for Shalom Bias? This is what. This is, <laughs> calm down. So, so this is this is this is how this is how the question was presented. The Torah tells us a story. The Torah tells us a story where Sari Manol told Hashem that my husband is too old to have children, and Hashem repeated it in the Torah. My husband Avram is too old to have children. When Hashem repeated it to Avram, he didn't want to say that his wife's talking about how old he is. So Hashem said that Sari Menu said she's too old to have children. He changed it. Now, there's a lot of Torah on this. Hashem is MS. No, no. Again, she said to Hashem, I cannot have children because my husband is too old. When Hashem repeated it, he didn't want to, if he'd say that, Avram Avinu would be upset at Sarah. What do you mean I'm too old, right? So Hashem said, he said, your, your wife said that she's too old to have children. Oh, okay. My point. my point is that she was old. She was 90-something. You're not listening to what I'm saying. Hashem changed what she said. She did not say, I am too old. She said, he is too old. Now, there is so much on this because it's God. And God is MS. He can't lie. But he changed what Abraham Avinu said. So there's a very deep answer, and I don't want you to learn from this. Right? There's a very deep answer that at the end of the day, Shalom is MS. So Hashem made Shalom. The end of the, at the end of the day, she was too old to have children, and he was too old to have children. So the statement that Hashem said was MS. He said, 
Sarah's too old to have children, which was true. So the statement was true, but that's not what she said. But the statement that she's too old to have children is true. But she didn't say that. She said he's too old. But the statement Hashem made was Emma. So therefore there was Emma. Right. So that part is the Shalom part. There's no such thing as a white lie by Hashem. Right. So, so sort of for Shalom, no, so for Shalom, that made it MS. Whatever that means, I'm not, we don't, can't go that deep, but so for Shalom. If you, if you just stated for shalom, you can. Could... has nothing to do with my first question. My first question is a Chinuch question. Not a shalom. Not, no, it's not a shalom. You're training her. You're training her to keep secrets. It's not a shalom, but you're training. But I don't agree. See, the thing is, the first one, I agree with the aspect of telling your daughter or your son, listen, I can't break shalom bias between my wife and I. You can't get between us. Exactly, I agree with that, and that, that is the right way to go. The reason why I say that that's the right way to go. Yeah, but here by listening to your child complaint about her, about whatever she wants to tell you, this has nothing to do with Shalom Bias. We don't know, we, I don't know why. It could, be, could be a million things. Could be she cheated in class, could be she's talking to a boy, could be the most outlandish thing. It could be I, I, told, I took mommy's shoes last night, could be I took the car without permission. No, no, no. Okay, let me let me fit, let me finish. I can't get into a one on one because there are other people here. Let's let's just get let's keep on the subject. One on one, we'll do after this year. Okay. So the problem is like this. So so the question is, for shalom bias, can I can I lie for shalom bias? Now the problem with that is is as follows. You told your wife you're going to see your parents, see how they're doing. Uh, your friend showed up, whatever it is. You end up going to the park and playing ball. Okay, now you're in trouble because if you're going to tell her you went to play, if you're going to tell her you went to play ball, she's going to say you had an hour to spend, you had an hour, you had an hour time, and you didn't spend it with me. So she let you go to your parents because she understands that. But she'll go crazy if you come home and say, "By the way, I went to play ball." She's never going to forgive you. So, so I'm not going to say anything, right? I'm not going to say anything now. So then somebody yelled, "Ah!" Oh! That's the biggest argument we have in our family between, between me and my wife. The lack of, no, the lack of giving the information is that a lie. In other words, I went to play ball. Why do I need to tell her I went to play ball? I'm not going to say anything. But it really is a lie because you told her you're going to see your parents. And you didn't go to see your parents. You went to play ball. Right? No. Not exactly. So, so, so listen carefully. So I went to play ball instead of going to my parents. She thinks, I know, she thinks in her heart that I went to her, my parents. So by not telling her that I went to play ball, I'm still a liar. I told her one of my parents. Now, on the other hand, if I don't tell her, but you don't know, it doesn't hurt you. On the other hand, if she finds out that you went to play ball, then you're a liar. But if you don't so, so the big question is, the lack of telling the truth, is that a lie? It's still a lie, of course it's a lie. The fact that you didn't tell me... Sheva al You said... I'm not repeating that. That's not going to fly. Why is it the world that comes back and somebody else is trying to make child bias that they can deal with the lie and whatnot? But if you didn't do it between you and your wife, the Mishnah says, "Atabas Sichem Isha." Don't give her information she doesn't need. 
Well, that information she needs. Where were you? No, she didn't ask you. So you're going to just come home and but I don't have to offer the information. It, it's a big question. The lack of telling the truth is that a lie? It's a very good. We, we were busy all night with this. What? But that's the lie. No, he's not lying. He's telling. He's not telling the truth. Just not saying anything. But that's still a lie. The fact that you I, I would not, I, I would not be able to But the fact that you chose that you still didn't tell the truth is still lying. Is it a, is it a secret? Yeah. If I don't tell... Yes, of course it is. Of course it is. The fact that you didn't say that you didn't want to play ball is still lying to her. Because you said you were doing A, you didn't do A. If you guys are going to go now, just say that you were lying. Just say that you were lying. Right? If you guys are going to go now, just turn on his wife. Oh, I'm not going to tell her that I did something out. He's not going to feel guilty. You're taking he's still treating. Of course, he's going to feel guilty. He did that action. What do you the mean? Fact, the fact is that he has to feel the guilt. That yeah, he went and played ball. Admitting it is not the, feeling the guilt. Well, what, what, he feels the guilt without without even saying it. The lack of telling the truth is that a lie. Is a lie in action where I'm saying blue is white or white is blue or I went here and I didn't go here? Or I just don't. I don't have to say it because some people feel very much. And, 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 and one of the people sitting on the de- sitting in the one of the people that were involved in this with the therapist said you don't have to say everything, you don't have to say everything, you don't, you don't, you don't, you're an idiot if you say everything, you're just going to get yourself into trouble. If if the person doesn't know about it, what you don't know doesn't hurt you. So you don't have to say everything. Says, ah, so all of a sudden everything's shalom bias. Shalom bias. I lied. Because if she found out, so I, when she asked me, where'd you go? I said to my parents. Because she found out, I went to play ball and didn't spend the time with her. So now all of a sudden, that, that once you allow people to lie for Shalom Bias, you can lie about everything for Shalom Bias. You know, I went to the shit tonight, you never came, maybe you went to the movies. Well, I read me, if I can tell I went to the movies, you won't talk to me. So I lied, but it's for Shalom Bias. Hashem, Hashem didn't tell the truth, so what I have to tell the truth. No, it doesn't work like that. That's not true. And how was it? I wouldn't say that. You don't have to say that. Oh. That's a fool. That's what she's saying. That's, oh, exactly. that's what I'm saying. Don't, don't, you don't have to say everything. Exactly. But, but the fact that you're not saying the truth. If you did A and you're not saying that you did A, you're still lying. That's my point. You're not saying anything. A lie, a lie is saying B. Alright. Give it some thought tonight. Give it some... I'm not saying anything. I'm kosher. Oh, but inside, no, you're, you're, you're saying I'm kosher. Are you no, you're showing the kosher. You're not saying anything. This guy's not coming inside, back. Inside the line. No, no. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. What you're saying, you're saying is that this guy's coming out and saying, I went to my parents, but inside he really lied. He's not saying anything. He's not putting his, his, his hands out. He's not, say, he's not saying anything. You chose, you chose not to. What do you think? You should lie. The question is whether this is a lie, right? But should, should you lie or should you not lie? Is there it's a, not, it's a, it's not lying. It's should you say the truth? Should you come out of your way and say you should lie, then the question is not a lie. Right. Exactly. If you should lie, then it's the truth. Exactly. There's a right and wrong if you chose to do something wrong, you had to come to the school and say, I did something wrong. You can't just say, okay, I'm not going to say it. He's not saying anything. Exactly, zero. 
He's not lying. He's not saying I went to my parents and he went to play ball. This question, you know, you're 100% right. If he went to play ball and he, t- and he says I went to my parents, he's a liar. He made a mistake and he went to play ball and he forgot to go to his parents. Now he's just not saying anything. That he went to play, he went to his parents. She thinks he went to his parents. But then he did he or didn't he? He didn't. So, but that's the lie. But he didn't come home and say I did. That's a liar. What? He finds out he's dead. Yes, somebody with a long marriage, Baruch Hashem, will give us some advice. Shh. Shh, listen. Someone calls someone a thief. And the person didn't answer. We get one of us said that silence is in the truth. Right, Moda, right. So, what, what's the story in that case? The guy is not answering, so that means he's not lying? He's a thief? By not arguing, he's in, if, if I say, if I say you're a crook and you don't defend yourself, that means you admit you're a crook. But I'm saying though. So no, but here by being silent, she thinks you went to your parents. The other way around. By being silent, you're you're she she. He can't he, because you're gonna get in big trouble. No. No. If I come back and say I went to play ball, I'm dead. If I don't say anything, who did I hurt? You have to know. I hurt myself. What? I did not lie. She won't find out. Let's say she won't. She'll never find out. She could never find out. Let's say. Maybe she. No, Sean Bias, I protected. We didn't get to a fight. I protected my Sean Bias. We didn't get to a fight. All right. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. This is what happened till 2 o'clock in the morning. We started at 10, okay? Stay tuned till next week. Everybody think about it. I'm going to ask Rabbi Gamliel. My, I'm going to ask my Rebbe, Rabbi Gamliel. I'm going to ask him. I'm going to call him. And I'm going to say, I'm going to ask him for the answer in, in, in both questions, okay? All right. So let's, um, let's wrap it up. I'm going to wrap it up with a very interesting story. But I, I have to ask you not... The last time I told this story, it, it went off... Some people got very much the wrong idea. So there's a huge ma'am lawyers on the pig with these hooves going out in front, making believe he's kosher and hiding his, um, hiding his, that he doesn't chew his cut. And he says, he says, listen to this. He says, Adarabba. He says, just the opposite of what you would think. You would think that an animal, beautiful ma'am lawyers, you, you would think that an animal that has one out of the two is better than an animal that has neither. A lion doesn't chew its cart, it doesn't have split hooves. So that, you would think that that's more unkosher than a pig. At least a pig has one out of the two sheep on him and has split hooves. Right? But the Torah doesn't talk about a lion. It talks about a pig. Why? A pig has at least one. And he says the following. Ad Just the opposite. Because of the one sign that it's kosher, he's more tamay than the one that has the one, that, that, has, that has none. Because the one that has none, everyone knows he's not kosher. The one that has one, he's fooling you. And that's worse. Right? The guy who's bad to the bone 
and everyone knows that he shows that he's bad for the bone is better than the guy who's inside bad, but outside he plays a game. Why? Because because of the one simon that of that it's kosher. The people make a mistake. And they think that he is tahar. This is to warn us about people. Hamarim truly is rabbi shel chasidus. They show outside how firm they are. With them leave them himalayim to avot ruushayis, but inside they're full of lust and sins. The anashim elu these people he mitayvim oid bein akosh baruch hu yoisim there to rasha gomor. Hashem hates him more. The person who inside is rotten and outside looks good more. It's a teivet him. It disgusts him. Not hates him. Disgusts him more to rasha gomor. More than a guy who's a Russian government. And he tells a story. Very sad story. He tells a story. Um, should I tell you the one with the, with the worms? Remember the story with the worms? Yeah. Crazy story. He says, listen carefully. Um, there was this man who was on his deathbed. My father used to say this every single year. But you have to be careful not to take it wrong. He says there was an usher, a zakein, there was an old man. Show you Usher Muflik, he was very rich. Veloy ben Yachid, he had one son. Kishgiz Manosh Lois Usher, when he was dying, he called his son. He said, I want to just leave you one thing. I'm going to leave you over a lot of money. You can live the rest of your life without working. But there's one thing I want to command you before I die. Stay away from colorful people. What does that mean? Anoshim. Outside they show how from they are, but Ta'avas believe them, but inside they're rotten. These are very bad people. Fakers. Stay away from fakers. Listen to this crazy story. He died, the father died. And he gave his one son all his money. And this guy, this rich kid now, married an orphan girl. She was gorgeous. And she looked very modest. After many years of marriage, he told his wife, let's go out in Italian, let's go tour in the street. Let's see what's going on. We're honeymooning for many years in the house. It's time to get out a little bit. His wife said to him, I am not leaving the house. Some man is going to see me, and he's going to fall in love with me, and he's going to do a sin to himself because of my beauty. And I don't want to see any other man. I don't want to think about them. And this crazy modesty of this woman became very scared. Maybe she's part of this faking group. She hears the Oysa Abba that his father warned him. Outside they look like it's us, but they're rotten inside. Okay. So he thought, let me check her out. Let me see if she's real. This doesn't make sense. She's scared to go out. Some guy's going to look at her and then do an Avera. It's a little weird. Okay, let me check her out. Let me test. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.